you advance the kingdom of heaven? Can you go out and preach the gospel? Because he told the church to do what? Go, go where? All the, world. All the world, right? And if you're sick in bed, can you even go across the street? Can you go to your mailbox? You know, you can't even go to the end of your driveway if you're sick in bed. Uh, so how are you going to, uh, well, you know, I'm giving God glory in my, in my bed. Well, you know, that's technically possible, I suppose. But you're still not completing the Great Commission. You're still because he, he didn't say, give me glory in your sick bed. He said, go out into all the world and preach the gospel. That's what he told the church, right? Last thing he told them before you went to heaven, go into all the world and preach the gospel. You can't do that without uh, sound health. And you can't do that without sound finances. Uh, and, um, uh, and so uh, all of those things are just in the Bible. And uh, I think sometimes what happens is we tend to use the blessings of God for our personal benefit. And it's not really there for our personal benefit. We get to take advantage of that in a sense because if we have the finances to go around the world, then we surely have the finance to eat, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so, uh, so but, and I understand there are uh, and have been some misuses of some of the blessings of the Lord. But even the area of healing, there have been there. The history of the church is is uh, littered with uh, people who use the real healing power of God for their personal gain. Right? Mm -hmm. They would get up and heal somebody and receive an offering and get as much money as they could. Right? Well, that's terrible that people would do that, and yet they did that many times, didn't they? But did that do away with the reality of the healing power of God? Doesn't do away with it, you know. Uh, and from my perspective, I'm not going to let anybody's sin or anybody's um, error caused me to not pursue the blessings of the Lord. Uh, I, you know, I remember uh, when Brother Hagen uh, was called of the Lord that um, the, the Lord said, you know, he gave him a vision and, and uh, it was an open vision with the Lord. And he said, the Lord put his right hand in the palm of each one of his hands and said, I've called you to have anointed you uh, to, uh, uh, to pray for the sick, for healing. Uh, and Brother Hagen's like, Lord, I don't want that. Because everybody I know thinks bad about all those healing evangelists because they're flamboyant and, and overly dramatic and, you know, showy and long hair and got your shirt unbuttoned, you know, be wild on purpose, you know, just just, you know, uh, for the theater part of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And he just didn't want any part of that. He didn't want to to have that reputation of being one of those wild people because he was never one of those wild people. But he didn't want that. He's I just, you know, I just want to be a pastor in a small church. Uh, and be faithful there, Lord. And that's great. That's not what I've called you to do. Uh, and so, you know, he, he tried to avoid that, you know, for many years uh, and uh, got in trouble of it sometimes because there, there's so much uh, misuse in that area. Amen. And, and there is. Uh, and there's still in some, some places where people will use the perceived power of God to bring glory to themselves, right? To show, to get attention or to get money or to sell things or you know whatever the 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 motivation is um and um and it and it you know it it puts a bad light on all those things amen yeah. but should we throw all that away because somebody misuses it is that okay being an outsider from pentecostalism um that doesn't necessarily if they're flamboyant negate the gifts right because well, that no. again is crazy like, <laughs> he heals a whole lot of people and sure Absolutely. I, I got no problem with, uh, I got no problem with people because, you know, that's, if that's his personality, right? And, and that's, you know, Benny Hinn's personality. He's a lot more uh, flamboyant, you know, and boisterous. Uh, but it's not to bring himself glory, right? You, can, you know, Benny's, uh, I believe, his sincere desire is to heal the sick, right? Uh, I'm talking about where it's theater there to bring attention to you, right? And, and to get a greater offering and, and those types of things. So it's not in the specifics, right? I mean, you know, I mean, Jesus... 
spit on people, right? But he didn't do it to bring glory to himself. But if somebody over here does something like that, spit on people to bring attention to themselves, to see how, to show how uh, amazing they are, uh, to bring glory to themselves, then that's an issue. So it's, it's never even in a specific. And, and uh, who, who was the fellow? Um, oh, remember Ernest Angley? Anybody remember Ernest Angley? Right. He was the one, that, the, the be healed, you know, the way you said be healed, right? And I can't even say it the way he says it, you know, because uh, if I, I can't say it without being disrespectful. Uh, but he would do it. And he was super flamboyant. I mean, if Benny was a, was a you know, a six or seven, he was an eight or nine, right? I mean, just, uh, and uh, was he real? I mean, I don't, I mean, I've heard good, t- I think, uh, uh, I think Doris's dad even uh, uh, had some uh, interactions with uh uh, with Ernest Angley, good ones, and um, uh, and so uh, I'm not their judge. I don't care, you know, long hair, whatever. But but what's the motivation, right? Uh, is the motivation to obtain glory to yourself? And and there is, there has been, right? Uh, you know, Jack Cole was one of the best examples of that, where he would have real miracles, and then he would receive an offering immediately after a great miracle occurred. And he would do that because if a great miracle occurs, how much money do you want to give? Everything, right? Just, I mean, you just saw somebody get out of a wheelchair, and it was probably real. Uh, so, uh, and, but why does God do that? You know, you'll have to talk to him about that. Why does he anoint that? Uh, well, you know, he called Jack Cole from before the foundation of the world. He anointed him from before the foundation of the world, in essence. Uh, and, you know, uh, what ends up happening more often than not is, is uh, they will end up uh, ending their life early uh, because they get out of the will of God by misusing the blessings of the Lord. Uh, but the Lord still will anoint them. And, and so you have to talk to the Lord about that while he'll do that because they're real miracles, right? They're real, they're real things that happen. Um, and, and so it, but it's really, you, you know, you have to get it settled in your heart uh, before the Lord ever uses it. You know, what would you do if the Lord used you to raise somebody from the dead? You know what I'm saying? What would you do if, you, if the Lord had you raise somebody from the dead and they really got raised from the dead? They were dead, cold, you know, on the slab and everything, and God used you to raise the dead. Would you immediately get on the circuit on all the TV shows, write a book, you know? Uh, you know, I raised somebody from the dead, you know? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm one ahead of everybody else, right? Uh, I've got one, you got zero. Uh, I mean, what would you do, right? Uh, uh, could you handle the attention that you'd get? Can you handle uh, the, the, the fame and fortune, so to speak, right? Uh, not, not that you have to seek it out, but people will seek you out, right, if it happens, amen? And what will you do? That, that's why uh, uh, I like the example, that, the greatest example I see in that is Jesus. Remember, they came to him and said, said, good master, what must I do to, to obtain eternal life? And what was Jesus' response? Why callest thou me good? And, and why did he do that? Because uh, it wasn't all about him. Now, he's the son of God. He's worthy to be worshipped. And yet he still rejected the, the worship there uh, because they were trying to say that to butter him up, right? They were trying to uh, uh, butter up his ego and, and flatter him. And you have to be dead to flattery uh, because if you're not, uh, you know, you may not say that, but on the inside you might say, say that again, you know, uh, good master. Say it one more time, right? You know, now, I'm not a good master, but go ahead, say it one more time. Um, you know, uh, so you have to decide to not... Uh, receive that glory because it'll happen because people you know people even sincere people uh, desire to worship something uh, and and even if it's misplaced you know they will go and worship a man it's unfortunate but it happens you know and, and so you have to 
because I believe that the Lord desires to use everybody in the church to, to do great signs and wonders and miracles. Didn't Jesus say, the works that I do shall you do also? Uh, he did, didn't he, right? And so he, didn't, he wasn't saying just the apostles. He meant the whole church has the capacity and the ability to work the same exact miracles and greater miracles that, that, than he did when he was on the earth. Uh, and yet, um, uh, how many of us will, uh, will reject the glory, right? Do you remember uh, when, when that... Uh, uh, anybody remember the, the Bible that came around with oil, right? Uh, it even came through Dayton, right? Remember it came through Dayton? Oil, right? It had a tub, right? It had oil coming out of this Bible. And, and they it was a complete fraud. They made it up, right? They found out. They got pictures, you know, and finally the people that did it fessed up. Yeah, we bought the oil from Tractor Supply. and I mean, I like Tractor Supply, but, you know, I don't know that it's anointed, right? Uh, and uh, there's no miracles. I mean, I've gone Tractor Supply all the time. No miracles. I mean, you know, it's, it's like, well, I'm looking for miracles. But it, was, it wasn't miraculous tractor supply oil. It was just garden variety tractor supply oil. Uh, and so they made it up, completely made up, faked out. How many in the church ran toward to that uh, and bragged about how this, this oil is the miracle of God? And they just made, they said, well, you know, we just, it kind of started as a, as a you know, little thing in the church and exploded. And they were all, all over the country, traveled all over the country, including Dayton, Tennessee, came to Dayton, right? Uh, and... Um, <laughs> And people came to me and said, hey, this oil is, is, is miraculous. And in my spirit, it's like, no, nah, that's just oil. Now, I didn't say nothing to him. I didn't say that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen, although I did think that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Uh, because who was getting attention? It was that oil in a bucket. And the people that were carrying the oil in a bucket. It wasn't the Lord Jesus. It was the people in the, in the Bible. Uh, and, and for me, it's easy to find out if it's real or not, who's getting the glory. Mm-hmm. Jesus was not getting the glory. Uh, it was all about this Bible. Oh, you got to come see this Bible. You got to come see this Bible in a bucket. It's like, you know, it's a bucket, right? I mean, I, if it has to be contained in Tupperware, I just find it hard to believe that it's a miracle. Now, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, it could be. Now, go look. The Lord can do anything, I know. But I mean, just, you know, and I'm not a skeptic. I mean, I believe in miracles. You know, I've experienced many miracles in my life. I am not a skeptic at all. But, but as soon as somebody says something, I just listen to my spirit, man. You know, what, what, you know is this real or not? And, and most of the time, you know, it's not like the Lord screams. It's just, just like the Spirit of God is just going. <laughs> and I just move on, right? I don't, I, don't, I don't bother with it. You know, did you ever hear me say anything about it when he was here? I never said nothing about it. But as soon as it came to light, and it's public information. You can go down the internet, read all about it. You know, some, some guy did a, a multi-page, you know, too long, don't read kind of article about it, you know. Uh, went to all the details, talked to the people that started it, you know, talked to the people that... that uh, uh, that exposed it all. And, uh, and it's a shame that so many people in the church were, were fooled by that. You've got the Holy Ghost. Amen. You, you, in, right, in your heart right now, you've got the Holy, you should never be fooled, ever. Uh, you know, the, the, the born-again Christian should never be fooled by any miracle. If it's real, your heart ought to rejoice. If it's not real, uh, the Spirit of God in you ought to go. And then you just leave it alone. Yeah, I didn't have to prove, I didn't have to tell anybody. You know, they came to the church. Hey, we got we to gotta put this oil on you, you know, and pray for you, this, this miracle oil. You know, I mean, I mean we got a bottle of oil in there. Now, it didn't come from tractor supply, but, but somebody gave me a bottle. This is the real oil. This is, this is from, you know, like Jerusalem oil. And I'm thinking, but, you know, this oil over here, it's probably just as good. It may be Campofanique or something. I don't know. It could be Crisco for all I know, but... Uh, you know, uh, th- th- the Bible doesn't say it just says it just says oil. It doesn't even say olive oil. It doesn't say Crisco oil. It doesn't say motor oil. It just says oil. Right. And traditionally we use we use olive oil. But 
I mean, is it, uh, is it extra virgin oil, olive oil, right? I mean, what, I don't know what that means, but uh, like maybe they've never held hands or something. I don't know, but, uh, you know, and so, I mean, I don't know. It just says oil. So I just leave it at that. Does it have to be some kind of, it doesn't have to be anything. The Bible just says oil. And then men love to add tradition on top of that. Well, it has to be from the hills of, you know, of some city on, on the Dead Sea in order for it to be the real oil from Bethany, right? Because that's where the figs were, right? It has to be from Bethany uh, in Jerusalem or, or, or in Israel. That's, it has to be there. You know, it could probably be from Baxter too. You know, I mean, it just, uh, because we love to elevate natural things above where they should be to become superstition, right? Because if you elevate natural things beyond where they should be, it becomes superstition. Then you're outside the faith of God. You're into superstition, which is not faith. It's just superstition. And so, uh, so anyway, I don't know how we got on all that, uh, but, um, but it's still good. It's real, right, amen? The, po- the power of God's real. The healing power of God's real. Uh, the divine health of God that we can live in all the days of our life is real, amen? Uh, and, uh, you know, if, if nobody in church believes it, I'm still going to believe it because it's in the Word, amen? My faith is in the Word, and I love the Word of God, and, and um, if it says it, then, um, then that's what I'm going to believe, amen? Uh, and it's the, it's the right way to go, right? Yeah. I've been listening. I thought I'd pull that out of the Yeah. But anyway, you prayed for it and just got hot. Something just pulled that hot spot out. Really? So is it hurting anymore? Really? Praise God. See, that's real, right? Uh, and, uh, and who gets the glory for that? Well, the Lord does, right? Well, uh, so you didn't point to me, did you? No, all right. No, 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 Johnny, wrong. <laughs> no, the Lord does, right? <laughs> no, we're not taking no offering up. <laughs> Shut up, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, praise God. See, that's real, amen. And and uh, we like the real, uh, and um, uh, and so uh, and so we and we thank God for that, amen. Uh, and uh, uh, and so because you know, uh, if we'll always make sure God gets the glory, then His power will always increase, amen. If we take a little here and there then it'll, it'll, we'll get a little here and there, uh, and we'll never get the reality of, of the fullness of what the Lord wants us to have. Amen? Uh, and so, and so we've got to be careful about that. So uh, we're here. This chapter is talking about, um, well, she said Timothy's wine and Hezekiah's poultice there. Uh, and um, we talked about Timothy's wine last week, and um, uh, I didn't get stoned. I was, you know, pretty, pretty pleased. Nobody stoned me, you know. Uh, I didn't write it, you know, that uh, Paul told Timothy to take a little wine for your often infirmities, right? Uh, and so, uh, the, now, in the New Testament, that's the only example that I'm aware of where there was ever a, a natural thing uh, just done by itself uh, for the purpose of, of uh, uh, providing some type of relief. Uh, and, and, and Paul never implied to Timothy that that, that, that would cure you of it. Uh, it implies that it'll, it'll provide some relief from that. Uh, and so, uh, uh, and does that help? Well, you know, I mean, I know doctors today will prescribe some uh, alcohol sometimes in that, in that case. I know my, they prescribed my father to take uh, a little bit of whiskey on occasion, uh, and he was very faithful over that, you know, to do what the doctor said. Sometimes people aren't faithful to do what the doctor said, but, you know, and, and so, uh, now, again, I'm just here to tell you what the Word says but that's the only case that I know of in the New Testament. The vast majority of them are uh, just spiritual, supernatural, right? Now, sometimes Jesus spit on people, right? 
that uh, that was the about the only time that there was some other natural thing that was uh, applied, and we're going to talk about that here uh, today. But uh, so she wanted to just talk about these two examples. So let's turn back to Second Kings chapter twenty. And let's read about Hezekiah here. So uh, uh, I'm glad you didn't all didn't stone me on um, uh, last week, right? Uh, and so that should encourage you not to stone me today, right? So some of these things get into, um, you know, golden calves and, and uh, you know, you sometimes you kick over some of the golden calf and, and they come out swinging, right? And so you just got to be careful about that. So, uh, but here in, uh, with Hezekiah, it's, let's start in verse one here, Second Kings chapter 20, verse one. Uh, it says, in those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Now, this uh, is being spoken by direction of the Spirit of God, right? By direction of the Lord himself to the prophet to speak to the king. Now, any, is there any indication in here that says, Thus saith the Lord, I want you to die and I do not want to heal you. No, so sometimes the Lord would declare a thing that left unchanged, this is the course and direction. Uh, and, and sometimes he'll tell you, you things like that. Sometimes he'll tell you uh, that this person is going to die next week. Uh, and he, he's telling you that not to necessarily tell you that it's unchangeable. Uh, sometimes he'll tell you that for the purpose of allowing you to pray to change it, right? Remember what he said about the intercessor? That uh, he looked for an intercessor, that they would pray, that uh, make up the hedge, right? To stand in the gap so that uh, his wrath would not be poured out on the land. But he couldn't find any right there in, in Ezekiel. Uh, and, and so the wrath was going to come forth. But if somebody could pray, they could they could they could change the course. Now, he he was saying that the wrath was going to come left unchanged. The wrath was going to come. But if somebody could pray, they would change it. Right. And the same thing with with uh, when Abraham interceded uh, on behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, you know, and, and he negotiated with the Lord. He got down to, was it five was the smallest amount of, uh, of, if you could find five righteous people. And so the Lord was saying, left unchanged, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, and so the furthest Abraham was willing to go was down to five righteous people. And, and the Lord said, okay, that's the deal then. If I find five, then, then, then what was going to happen will not happen. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes the Lord would tell you, here's what's going to happen. And then, then you've got to figure out from the Lord well, Lord, is this something that can change or not change? Is this something that I can change or something that, that is unchangeable? Because sometimes it's unchangeable and he tells you for the purpose of getting ready. This is going to happen. I can't change it. Uh, uh, then then you, you've got to get ready for this event to occur. It's going to happen. But sometimes, like in this case, uh, it was spoken that this is going to happen. Uh, and, and then the king, you know, he wasn't prompted by the Lord, right? The prophet didn't say there was an out. The prophet just said, that here's what's going to happen. And then what did Hezekiah do? He, he wept, right? Uh, he turned his face to the wall, verse 2, and prayed unto the Lord, uh, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember, how, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, and I have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. So was he sincere? Well, I believe he, he was sincere. Uh, and it came to pass after, uh, afore or before Isaiah was gone out into the middle court that the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people. Thus saith the Lord, the God of David, uh, thy father, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee. 
On the third day thou shalt go up uh, unto the house of the Lord. So here it was going to take him three days to recover, right? And so um, uh, it wasn't an instantaneous healing, but it did occur after three days. And he said, I will add unto thy days 15 years, and I will deliver thee in, in this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake. And Isaiah said, take a lump of figs. And they took and laid it on the boil, and he recovered. And Hezekiah turned on Isaiah, uh, what shall be the sign that the Lord will heal me that I shall go up into the house of the Lord the third day? He didn't need a sign to know that he was going to die, but he needed a sign to know that he was going to get well. You know, sometimes we're just, you know, I wonder about us as people, right? I mean, he believed that he was going to die uh, and didn't need a sign for that, did he? Uh, and so now he needs a sign, right? What's going to be the sign? And sometimes the Lord will have mercy on our ignorance and our unbelief. And sometimes he'll, he'll you know, call it out. And this time he had mercy. And Isaiah said, this sign shall thou have of the Lord. The Lord will do this thing that he has spoken. Shall the shadow go forward 10 degrees or go back 10 degrees? And Hezekiah answered, it is a light thing for the shadow to go down 10 degrees. Uh, in other words, you know, uh, they had those sundials, right? And they would check the sun, the, the time of the day by the shadow of the sundial. And so if the sundial moves forward 10 degrees, he said it's, an, it's a small thing. I'm thinking, that's not really a small thing. If it's, you know, it's supposed to be here and it moves forward 10 degrees, you know. Uh, I guess he's thinking, well, people can fake that. But you can't fake going backwards. It seemed pretty hard to fake both of them myself. But, um, you know, he, he, in his mind, at least he thought it, it's not a very big thing for it to go forward 10 degrees. Uh, nay, but let the shadow return backwards 10 degrees. And Isaiah the prophet cried unto the Lord, and he brought the shadow 10 degrees backwards by which it had gone down in the dial of, of Ahaz. So uh, in, in this case, uh, King Hezekiah had some kind of sickness. And so I'm, I'm not a doctor, but uh, with Dr. Yeoman, she was a medical doctor, and she talked to other doctors about this, and they believed that it was, it was some type of a boil or, or an infection followed by some kind of blood poisoning that the king had that was going to cause him to die. Uh, and so, uh, so the Lord said that uh, uh, he would heal him, right? And then, of course, Isaiah then followed through. So one of the points uh, that she was making here that, you know, figs in and of themselves don't really have any curative powers, right? And this is an area that, you, that uh, um, we've got to get through in the Word of God because in the Word of God, especially in the New Testament, right? So you've got to look at the New Testament uh, as a whole. But in the Word of God, and we're going to look at several examples here, there's a lot of things that are kind of used in a natural sense that don't have any curative powers in and of themselves. Uh, uh, and one great example is with Naaman uh, the Syrian, right? Uh, and they told him to go dip in the River Jordan seven times. So does a river have uh, ability to cure leprosy? I mean, it was in, in the River Jordan, and where did all the lepers in, in um, uh, Israel bathe? In the River Jordan. Did anyone ever get healed? You reckon anyone taken seven baths in their whole life? Probably so. I mean, at least I would hope so in their whole life. Uh, we're any of them cured from that. So we've got to be careful because uh, we operate by faith, right? And so sometimes the Lord will use a natural thing uh, like spitting on, on a blind person, right? You reckon Jesus' spit was specially anointed? Yeah, I, I mean, I think he just spit in his eye, right? I mean, if he spit on something else, I don't think every time he spit, you know, that a tree would grow or something, you know, I think it was just one of those things, right? Uh, so was the Jordan River especially anointed to heal leprosy? Well, I don't think so. It was just river, river water, right? But sometimes as an act of faith, the Lord would have us to do something in the natural realm, just like, remember, with the 10 lepers? Mm -hmm. 
go and show yourself to the priests, right? So go show you. So, and it says, as they went, they were healed, right? So was that road, that path that they were on, was that path itself anointed to heal leprosy? Was that was a, a particular cow path or road or whatever they traveled on, was that anointed to heal leprosy? Well, no, there was no anointing in that, right? There was no uh, power of God in that. It was in the obedience of the thing, right? So, so a lot of times the Lord will use something in the natural realm to give us something to apply our obedience to, but it's, it's the act of obedience and the faith and the power of God that gets the job done, not in the curative powers of the River Jordan or the path to the priests or uh, with uh, figs in this case, but there's other examples like with, uh, remember with Aaron, uh, remember with the whole, we talked about this a while back on, in, um, on Wednesday nights, but do you remember when there was a plague that was occurring in Israel? And Aaron went and, and, and burned some incense. And the plague was stopped. So was there any, uh, was there any plague cure, uh, cure in incense, in burning incense? Because it stopped the whole nation of Israel, right? It stopped the plague from killing the whole nation of Israel. And so I don't think everybody in Israel could smell the incense. It was just, uh, it was just there because that's what the Lord told uh, Aaron to do, right? So... Because mm-hmm. I've dealt with you know new agers or something, but if you offer them an herb and can help their symptoms, and it's sometimes it's curative, sometimes it's just helping the symptoms, they're more receptive to listening to you, and you can you know talk to them about the gospel. So I don't know if it's a hundred percent that every natural thing in the Bible, even the figs, I think there is some properties in figs that could do things. I don't think that's the bulk of it though. It's God's power. Yeah, I think, I think um, well, the thing that I, that I try to do is I, I, I'm, my goal is to look at the whole counsel of God. <clears throat> and, you know, if you look at uh, like the history, I mean, we've talked a little bit about it, like Moses, right? So Moses probably knew every secret herb and spice from the nation of Egypt. And yet he never, uh, not a single time did he ever uh, apply that to anybody's sickness and disease, right? And of course, we know that the nation of Israel left Egypt with not, not a single one feeble among them. And they weren't, not, they weren't strong because of any secret uh, Egyptian herbs. They were strong because 
the Lord provided strength to them. Uh, and so, you know, from a biblical standpoint, so I, you know, I, I want to constrain it to the, the study of the scriptures. Now, outside the scriptures, no doubt there is all kinds of things that can, that can provide assistance. And, uh, you know, I mean, they all the time running around the Amazon River trying to find some secret tree, you know, an herb that's, that uh, can cure things. And no doubt they've found some of these things, right? Uh, but within the confines of faith um, in the Word of God as a whole, you don't see that. I mean, you might see, you know, things that hint. And, you know, even with Rachel, you know, if you proceed that uh, with the prayers, right, the prayers were um, that, uh, that she would be well, right, that she would bear, that she would bear children, right? Uh, and, so, uh, and so it was Isaac, right, uh, that was Rachel's husband, right? So Isaac prayed to the Lord. And it says, and then she uh, bore children. So it was really preceding. Now, did she take mandrakes? You know, I, I don't know that story in particular, but I do know that, that uh, Isaac prayed. The Bible says Isaac prayed. And so in, in that regards, uh, now, did the Lord instruct her to eat those? I don't know. But it was the faith of, of Isaac that caused her to have the children. Uh, and it was the faith uh, in the Lord that caused Hezekiah to get healed. It was a faith that Naaman had in the words of the prophet that caused him to get well by the river Jordan. And in all of these things, you've got to find faith because if, if, if it's not based on faith, then, then we don't really need the word of God, right? We can go, because I'm not discounting that those things aren't real, right? That there's not natural remedies in the world, but from the constraints of the word of God, it's always about faith, right? The foundation is always based upon faith. And can you find things that, uh, that will cure you? I mean, no doubt, right? Uh, there's all kinds of things. Uh, you know, even, even things like aspirin, right? Aspirin was just a natural, I think it's from a bark of a tree or something, right? It's, yeah, some bark, right? And so it's just, it was a natural thing that they found. I think Indians had been consuming it to, to take care of aches and pains. And then somebody distills it and finds out what the actual active ingredient is, and they call it something else. Well, it's really tree bark, right? Uh, and so is that real? Well, sure, it's real. Penicillin was mold, right? Penicillin was mold from, from an, an accidental experiment that they came up with an antibiotic. So, uh, and of course, medicine, I think, is, has progressed and it will continue to progress forever. But in the confines of the Word of God, it always starts with faith. Uh, and and so, uh, so, so, I'm not an expert in that. You know, Sue, Sue knows and studies this a lot. But, but I want to be an expert in the faith of God. Because in the faith of God, you know, we're all equal, right, in that sense. But, you know, there, there are times when people's faith is not like, and I think Timothy was in that case, where his faith wasn't sufficient to obtain healing. And so he needed a natural thing to adjust to, to help him, right? And if you remember uh, Trophimus, uh, Trophimus was, was a member of Paul's ministry group. And, and the Bible says, and Paul left him at Miletus sick. <laughs> Why did he leave? Because he was sick. He, we got to go. You know, well, I'm sick. I can't go. Well, we got to go. Uh, sorry, got to leave you there, right? So there was no remedy for him. Now, they, you know, I don't know, you know, we don't know whatever happened to Troas later on or, or uh, um, Trophimus there. So in, in, but from the, from the Word of God, if we're going to build faith in the Word of God, we can't, uh, we have to separate the two. I believe you've got to separate the two. And if, you, and if we need to learn about that, and I, have, no, I got no problem, you know, I, uh, I'll drive people to the doctor every day uh, because I believe the Lord has provided natural remedies and uh, remedies from the doctors and medicine medical world as a mercy for us when you know maybe our faith isn't sufficient right maybe we can do this without 
having to obtain faith. And, and because the Lord's merciful, right? He's kind towards us. But, but in the study of the Word of God, you have to, have to find out what's the path of these people. What path do they take to obtain healing? And in every case, it's always faith, right? The path of faith is the path that they took to obtain healing. And sometimes, you know, just like with Gideon, right? He had to have a natural event to prove to the Lord. Hezekiah needed a natural event to prove his faith, right? That the shadow had to go backwards. But it was still, you know, he, he was trying to develop faith in the, in the Word of God. And did he do something natural? Well, he did figs. Um, and, and no doubt figs, you know, I've heard a lot of things about figs. But I don't know that I've ever heard anybody say figs can cure blood disease, right? B- blood poisoning. Uh, and, um, and, and maybe it can. I don't know. But that's not the, the point here. The Lord did a supernatural sign to Hezekiah that said, I'm going to supernaturally heal you in three days. Uh, and then um, uh, as far as we can see, it seems as though that Isaiah used figs and to put that on the boil as a point of reference to show that this event was going to occur. Because if you look at the whole counsel of God, this is not an unusual thing. But, you know, and, and we didn't finish our list, but uh, you remember there was uh, uh, Elisha had some waters uh, that that was uh, that was bitter and poison and death was in him and he threw salt in it right and um, you know so I know salt has some 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 uh, uh, you cure meat like with, with salt but there was another time when when um, uh, oh it was it wasn't just the waters but also the land was poisoned right but if you throw salt on land what do you usually do it usually kills everything right I mean you usually in fact, people would do that. They go and throw salt in somebody's garden to, to kill the garden, right? To go throw it on their land and it kills all the all the you know all the stuff. So normally, salt is not used to to uh, to cure things, right? It's used, used usually used to kill things. Um, uh, there was one time when they had soup, right? Remember they had pottage. Uh, they call the Bible calls it pottage, just soup or stew or some kind of like that. Uh, and it had boy, they said it, uh, uh, it has death in it, right? That's what they said. And he. And he threw he threw flour in it, right? A meal threw meal in it. Well, I don't know that meal has got you know uh, any curative powers in it of in and of itself. Um, you know, Naaman went to the River Jordan, right? Um, nothing in the River Jordan that, uh, in fact, uh, he said our rivers over in Syria are better than this river, and he was probably true and right about that, right? Uh, and I think it goes back again to Moses that with all he knew about Egypt, he never one time talked about any any. And in Egypt at the time was probably the most advanced civilization in the world, right? They knew more about uh, about all these. I mean, they could embalm people that are still, I mean, thousands of years later, right? They're not decayed and they're still, you know, I mean, they look kind of shriveled up, right? But still they're there, right? You go to anybody else after 100 years and they're just dust, right? There's nothing left of them. So, you know, no doubt it, Egypt knew some things. But Moses never, I mean, never even mentioned, acted like they didn't even exist, which should tell us something, right? That our faith shouldn't be, now I'm talking about faith, right? Our faith should not be in these natural things, right? Now, if, if our faith is, is lacking and our faith is wanting and, or we don't know about faith, and, and we're not trying to diminish anybody or to, 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 uh, to disparage anyone who doesn't have faith in, in the Lord, because I think that's why the Lord was merciful to provide us with the knowledge of medicine, right? And, and not just you know, um, medicine in the sense of, of uh, the standard medical practices, right? Where you go to some college and go to college for a thousand years and you get a degree. But there's also natural things that people do, right? Uh, that uh, can help. Things that people learn, right? Uh, things that, you know, the, the Indians learned that we learned from them and things that you go to the Amazon. You know, uh, but you've got to be careful about that. You know, faith is, is, is always, always works. Yeah. 
but when somebody says something that this thing works, you know, I, to me personally, I actually believe nothing. I only believe it if my heart says, you know, that's probably okay to do. Uh, because, I mean, if you go to Facebook, there's Facebook doctors on every page. Mm. This thing will cure everything in the world. Uh, and, and they've muddied the water so much that you, if there, anything is real, it's hard to ever find the reality that there may be really something to something there, but it's hard to because everybody says that, you know, this thing works. I mean, just talk about all the different ways that you can get cured from COVID-19, right? Mm. And do any of them work? I have no idea. I am not a doctor, and I have not taken any kind of uh, veterinary medicine or, or dog medicine or cat medicine, or I don't know if any of it works. It may all work. I don't believe any of it. I don't believe the shots work. I don't believe it. I believe that the Spirit of God works. And, and if, if my heart tells me I can go get a shot, well, then I'll go get a shot. If my heart tells me that I can take whatever thing over here, then that's fine. But, but I just, you know, for me personally, what I know is the Word of God always works. Mm. Always works. Faith in the, in the power of God always works. Because if Moses hadn't said nothing about it, now, if Moses had, you know, I mean, you know, just think about it. Moses could have, he could have started a little cottage industry. Hey, I was trained by all these, you know, people in Egypt. And for a $5 offering, I can send you this, some secret thing from Egypt, right? And uh, there's no telling how many things we've lost, right? I mean, I bet there were things they knew that we still don't know uh, that were real, right, that actually worked. Uh, but my faith is not in any of those things. My faith is not... In the River Jordan, my faith is not in somebody spitting on me. My faith is, remember, they, uh, Moses had him look at the brass serpent, right? Mm -hmm. Now, how many of us all had brass mirrors, right? We've had little brass mirrors, you know, growing up. Anybody ever get cured by looking at a brass mirror? Mm -hmm. um, nobody's ever got cured from it, so it's not in the brass, right? Maybe it's in the shape of a snake. I mean, remember, they, remember after they did that, for centuries, they kept that, right? They kept that brass serpent. And then later on, centuries later, one of the kings found it and they started worshiping it. Now, nobody got healed from it because it was only at that point in time, that was the only time it was valuable for healing because it was the obedience of following the, the brass serpent is what did the job, not in the brass serpent itself. So nobody got healed even though they started worshiping it because it had no more healing power than the golden calf did. Uh, and then the king ended up having to destroy it because we're stupid, right? We always love to worship things that we ought not be worshiping. But so the, so the brass serpent, did it cure people? They did, but, they, but it was an obedience of the faith and the power of God that got the job done, not... I mean, there's no curative powers in looking at a brass snake, right? Well, if you look at it, you know, you get healed, right? Because otherwise, that's superstition, right? So, so the Bible is full of things. Now, it's primarily in the Old Covenant. Now, in the New Testament, we find very, very little of that at all, right? I mean, uh, Jesus told them to go show himself to the priest, uh, uh, and uh, we did see that in John chapter 5 where they would go to the pool, right, and sometimes, but that's really kind of an Old Testament where they'd go to the pool and the angels would stir the waters, but Jesus spoke to the man to get healed, right? In the New Testament, especially once you get to the book of Acts, you know, I don't know of, of any cases in the book of Acts and all the healing power in the book of Acts, I guess the closest that you'd come to in the book of Acts would be um, the handkerchiefs, right, that Paul would send. Uh, is there any curative power in a, in a uh, chunk of cotton material no no healing power in in a uh, in in cloth at all right but they could send these cloths and they would say that that that, uh, that they were healed and the evil spirits went out of them so there's no inherent deliverance ability in a in cloth but you know it has a, a capacity to contain the power of god and, and to allow the power of god to go into people 
Uh, and so, you know, when you get the New Testament, you, you find th those types of things diminish quickly because it's primarily focused on the power of God that all Christians have uh, and that there's very little of that. You know, Timothy, and I mean, you could talk about the cloths there in Acts chapter 19. Uh, and so the, I think the point of all those things is our faith, now we're, now we're constraining to the word of God and faith, right? Our faith has to be in the power of God and not in things, right? Now, again, if, if our faith needs help, Take an aspirin, right? If your faith needs help, you know. Uh, but some people, they say, well, I've got to have exactly eight hours of sleep or, or I'm not going to be well. And doctors tell you, you've got to have eight hours of sleep, you know, before you can be well. And I'm thinking, well, who made up eight hours, right? What about seven and a half? What about uh, seven hours and 59 minutes, right? Who decided it was ex exactly eight hours, right? Just like 10,000 steps. Who decided it was 10,000 steps? What about 9,000? What about 8,000 and a half? What about 10,002? I mean, you're going to keel over because you've taken too many steps? You know, I mean, that came from some Japanese study that they just kind of made up, right? They just picked the number out. There's no, they didn't do any real studies on 10,000 steps. They just picked the number, right? Eight glasses, of eight, eight, uh, eight glasses of eight ounces of water, 64 ounces a day. Well, why not seven ounces, right? Why not eight glasses? Why not 10 glasses? What about six and a half glasses? Now, is this a big glass or a small glass, right? I mean, I don't know, what is, is, does the type of glass matter? So, you know, there's a lot of things like that that people say, and, and, and no doubt for some people, that's helpful, right? Maybe some people need to drink more water. Now, and I'm not a doctor. You do whatever you need to do, right? My, my point is, in the constraints of faith, it's not necessary on the things that you do, right? Remember what Paul told, about, told Timothy about eating? As long as it's sanctified with what? The word of God and prayer. Eat whatever you want to, right? Uh, and so, yep. Yeah, I know. Um, I've never done study on it, but but I do know it says that, right? Certain 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 materials it didn't want you to use, and I've not done any study on it. It may be that the source of that was from an unclean animal, you know, that uh, my guess would have something to do with that. Maybe it was a, you know, I mean, certain animals you couldn't eat, right? Certain animals you couldn't do things with, and um, um, and and we don't even know what kind of cloth it was, right? It could have been wool, it could have been cotton. I don't know if cotton was invented back when. I, I doubt cotton was even invented back then, but. Uh, when Paul was around, so it's probably wool. Uh, it seems as though it, it, it uh, um, you know, just from experience, it seems it's better to use a natural material, right? Cotton or wool or something like that. And it seems like, you know, man-made materials don't seem to, to work as effectively. There's no law, there's no spiritual law, no biblical law, but it's just something that we've kind of figured out over the years that we use, you know, some kind of a natural, uh, you know, cotton-based or wool-based material. Would it, I mean, if, you, if you're absolutely pressed, that's all you've got is rayon, would it work? More than likely it'd work if that's all you got, right? Well, all I got is rayon, well, polyester. Well, no, polyester definitely won't work, you know, but, but rayon may work, right? But isn't rayon just polyester? I don't know, you know, uh, whatever it is, right? Uh, and so, um, so the, the, point, the point of all of this is in the faith of the word of God, our faith has to be in the Lord, right? Not, whatever he tells you to do, don't put faith in that thing because they, 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 they originally put faith in the obedience to look at the, the serpent and they left that and they just uh, had the faith in the serpent mm. and started worshiping it as if it, if, as if it had some power. And we're, we're terrible about doing that as human beings. We'll, we'll forget the faith in the power of God over the obedience and just to take the thing. 
and start worshiping the snake, which is what they did, right? And, and how many times in the church have we, have we gone from being obedient to put the fig on the boil to now figs are, you know, the panacea for all things, right? Figs can cure everything. And I, I'm sure if you get on Facebook far enough, somebody has said that, uh, that figs will cure cancer and figs will cure brain disease. And I mean, clearly it hasn't worked because if it worked on the people doing it, 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 it gotten away from that, right? Uh, and so, uh, so that, you know, people always take natural things and it will take it to an extreme way beyond it was ever intended to do, right? So, so our faith has to be in, in, the wor- in the Word of God and the power of God. And then be careful about expanding those things beyond that, right? Uh, because if, if, if the Bible doesn't come out and say these things, right, go back and find out it was their faith to begin with, right? Hezekiah's faith was in the power of God. Lord, I've got to, you've got to show me supernaturally that this is your will. And then once he showed it to him, uh, now, of course, later on, Hezekiah, if you go to, to uh, I think it's in Second Chronicles there, um, and we won't, uh, we're about out of time today, but Second Chronicles 32, it says after he was healed. In fact, I think it'd be good just to just go over there real quick, go over to Second Chronicles chapter 32. Because um, this just shows us a little bit about, you know, being careful about these things that, you know, we need to honor the Lord about this. And so in Second Chronicles chapter 32, uh, so this is, this is after, um, in verse 23, um, it says, And many brought gifts unto the Lord to Jerusalem and, and, pre- and presents to Hezekiah, king of Judah, so that he was magnified in the sight of all the nations from thenceforth. In those days, now you remember, uh, the Lord said he would save him from the Assyrians, right? So back up in verse 22, this is what he, what he prophesied in Second Kings, and then it occurred. It says in, in verse 22, Thus the Lord saved Hezekiah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the hand of uh, Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, and from the, from the hand of all other, and guided them on every side. And many brought gifts unto the Lord uh, to Jerusalem in presence to Hezekiah, king of Judah, so that he was magnified in the sight of all nations from thenceforth. In those days Hezekiah was sick to death and prayed unto the Lord, and he spake unto him, and he gave him a sign. So this is, this is when he got healed, right? In verse 24, this is when he got healed, right? This is the sign was the, was the shadow to go backwards there. But then it says in verse 25, But Hezekiah rendered not again according to the benefit done unto him, for his heart was lifted up. Therefore there was wrath upon him in all Judea and all Judah and Jerusalem. Um, and so, uh, so, you know, he, he ended up dying there, uh, down in uh, verse 32 and 33. Uh, and, you know, it's really easy if you're not careful to get in pride about these things, right? It's really easy. So just... Um, uh, my own point in saying this is, is be careful, right? If the Lord does a great thing in your life, you know, don't bring attention to yourself, right? Because he was, you know, he was exalted, right? He had victory over the, over the enemies. He got healed. Uh, and it's really easy if you're not careful to get exalted about these things. Uh, and so, so where does, uh, and then, you know, she goes into uh, uh, some other kings and, and, um, um, and maybe we've got just a minute here to look at um, Another example here. Where where are we at? Um, we're in in Second Chronicles. Let's look at. Um, well, we're in Second Chronicles. Let's just turn back a few chapters. Chapter sixteen. So, this was an, another example here. Um, this is King Asa, in Second Chronicles chapter sixteen. It says uh, in verse eleven, and behold, the acts of Asa first and last 
Lo, they are written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. And Asa, in the thirty and ninth year of his reign, was diseased in his feet until his disease was exceeding great. Now, we suspect maybe that was diabetes, right? Diabetes often causes, uh, but we don't know for sure, but uh, that's not an unreasonable uh, guess there. Uh, and so yet in his disease, he sought not the Lord, but the physicians. And Asa slept with the fathers, uh, slept with his fathers and died in the one and fortieth year of his reign. Now, you know, you would think that the king of Israel would seek the Lord, right? And you would think that the king of Israel would would know to seek the Lord, right? Because he had the he had the uh, the law, right? The book of the law, right? He knew that the Lord was their healer, right? Jehovah Rapha, he knew that, and yet it says that he didn't do that. Uh, and I've always thought that was odd that that uh, they wouldn't seek the Lord, right, at all. Uh, and he, he ended up dying. Now other times, you know, you could not seek the Lord and live. I'm sure, uh, but I just thought it was odd that the that the king, right, the one who who was anointed of God. You know, in the Old Testament, the prophet, priest, and kings were anointed of God, and yet um, uh, uh, they didn't, uh, um, he didn't seek the Lord, right? Uh, and so let's turn back to Second Kings, Kings chapter 1. And another, another king here uh, in chapter 1. And um, let's start in verse... Uh, um, well, let's see, this is about King Ahaziah here, and um, uh, let's just start in verse 16, it says, And he said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, For as much as thou hast sent messengers to inquire of uh, Baal-zebub, the god of Ekron, uh, it is, not be- is it not because there is no god in Israel to inquire of his word? Therefore thou shalt not come down off thy bed in which thou art gone up, but thou shalt surely die. So he died according to the word of the Lord, which Elijah had spoken. So King Ahaziah here went to, he not only didn't go to the Lord, he went and sought out those, the cultist groups, right? Baal Zebub there here, he went to his temple and sought up to him to find out if he would get well from this disease. And of course, the prophet of the Lord came and said, well, you're the king. You're supposed to seek me for these things. Um, and so now we've got to be a little careful of applying that, you know, are you a king in the earth? I know we're kings and priests, but, you know, are you in this role, the same role as these kings were? You're not. And so because um, we got over to, uh, we got just a couple minutes, turn over to Mark chapter five. I think the point is here is as examples of the, of the nation of Israel, they should have sought the Lord uh, just like, uh, I mean, even King Hezekiah didn't really seek the Lord until the, the death sentence was placed upon him, right? And then he sought the Lord. He was kind of motivated then to seek the Lord. But you shouldn't have to be motivated to seek the Lord. You should just seek the Lord, right? Uh, is there any mercy for us? Well, there isn't in the New Testament too, right? And so here we got it in Mark chapter 5. It says in verse 25, And a certain, certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things and many physicians, and spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. So, uh, wh- who did she seek out before she sought the Lord? Doctors. Everybody and their mama, right? Uh, and how many times will we seek out every remedy in the whole world, right? And it doesn't have to be just with doctors; it could be everything, right? Uh, and and do can physicians help today? Sure, they can. Could they help then? I mean, you know, maybe, right? Sometimes. I mean, Luke was a physician, right? Uh, and so. But, but uh, did she get any remedy from that? 
No, she didn't get any remedy. Now, did, did the Lord say, did the Lord send the prophet to her and said, you know, you've sought everybody else but me, then you're going to die? No, he didn't. He, so there's some mercy that can be extended to us, right? Uh, but, but she'd spent all that she had. Uh, and you ever just uh, you ever just wake up one day and just realize how dumb you were, right? You've just done everything in the world except for actually acts of the Lord, right? You've taken every herb, every spice, every pill, every exercise, every, you know, uh, you remember those shaking machines, right? Remember those shaking machines that lose all kinds of weight, right? How many people bought and sold shaker machines, right? I mean, you can buy them for a dime a dozen now, right? Uh, everybody bought one, everybody sold one. Um, and because um, they don't really do anything. Well, it just burns up fat. It just burns up your wallet. It's all it burns up, right? Uh, and so, uh, and it, just, it uh, does turn your organs to mush, I guess. I don't know, but, uh, uh, and so, uh, but how many times have we tried everything in the world, right? Everything in the world. Now, in the, in the Word of God, our faith is in what? It's in the power of God, right? And in the faith of God. It's not in these things, right? And, and you've got to constrain that, right? Because uh, if you want to do something outside of that, that's fine. That, now, whatever you do, you should do it in faith anyway, but still, your faith is not in that thing. Your faith is in the Lord you know, even if you take pills, right, you should take pills with faith, right? Lord, according to the instructions of this medication, it, it says it'll do this, and I'm going to believe you that it does that and nothing else, right? Because every medication comes with, you know, two lines of things it can do and 200 lines of things it might do, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so it might help you, but it might cause you to have six toes and 12 fingers and, you know, all kinds of stuff, hair on your feet and all kinds of nasty things. And so, uh, so believe God that it does what it's supposed to do, right? Uh, but that see your faith is still in the Lord, not in that thing. Uh, and so, so she did all these things, spent all she had, nothing better but grew worse. But when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind. And so, so now, now she was not unlike uh, King uh, Ahaziah, that, uh, uh, or really King Asa. It says he did not consult the, the Lord. Uh, so she did not consult the Lord. Now she didn't go to the, the priests or to the, to the witch doctors, right? So she didn't go to the other direction, but she did not seek the Lord first, right? Uh, but she was healed. So, you know, there is hope for all of us, amen? So we're not kings and we're not setting the example. Uh, but I have talked to people uh, on occasion that were Christians that knew in the, the, uh, the healing power of God and asked them if they'd been uh, talking to the Lord about it. And sometimes they've said no. Uh, in fact, I remember one fellow years ago, uh, he was he was diagnosed with terminal uh, cancer of some kind. And uh, we'd gone to Bible study together, right? Believed in the power of God, believed in the healing power of God. And uh, I, I sent, well, I didn't know him directly, uh, but I knew him through the family. And so I, I said, hey, you know, why don't you find out if it's okay if we come down and pray for him? And, and they sent word back, said, no, he doesn't want us to come down and pray for him. And I thought that was really odd. Well, you know what ended up happening? He ended up dying, right? I mean, now he didn't die because he said no, but... He didn't live because he said, yes, I know that, right? Uh, and so uh, why, why did he do that? I have no idea. You know, we'll, we'll find out when we get to heaven. Uh, but to me, that was just odd, right? Why, why would somebody, I mean, if, if, you, if, if I'm not well and you say, hey, can I come pray for you? And I know you, right? I know what you're going to pray because if you come say, pray, Lord, you know, let it, let it you know, finish up quickly, right? Let him just die quick. You know, then I don't want you to come pray for me. Uh, but if I know you're a person of faith, praise God, come and lay hands on me, right? I mean, my faith, I, I, I got faith, but... I'll, I'll welcome your faith all day long. Amen. Uh, and and uh, again, if you're going to pray, well, Lord, you know, if it's your will, heal him. Well, you know, don't waste your time. But um, and, and so. So, you know, in all of these things, um, and now, now, of course, she, she has an advantage that uh, she, Dr. Yeoman, the author of the book, she's a medical doctor, right? So she talked to a lot of doctors and really her book is, is interspersed with a lot of things where 
she talked to a lot of doctors about things. And I think she talked about one doctor. Um, yeah, she was talking about another doctor that, and I thought this was a good point here that uh, about different schools of medicine. Of course, we don't hear much about this anymore as, as they had back then, but back then they had all kinds of words for these things, allopaths and homeopaths. I think we've heard of homeopaths, naturopaths and others. Uh, and he said all the paths lead to the grave uh, because they, they may have some value, but they're not faith, right? Uh, they may be able to get some, some assistance, but they can't cure everything. Can faith in God cure everything? Faith in God can always cure everything. So while those natural paths might have some value, they're, they're all going to lead to death eventually because they can't cure everything. Uh, and he said, and so the, the point that they were making wasn't that you get rid of all these things. The point was that, um, that our faith is in the medicine of God. Right? Our faith, your faith is never, should never be in whatever natural thing you're doing. Your faith should always be in the Lord. Amen. Uh, in, and, uh, and, and, and if you're taking things, natural things, right, then, then that's fine. But, your faith, but faith always should reside in the Lord, not in the thing, right? Uh, and, and, if, and if you keep that balance, you'll be okay. But see, as soon as your faith moves over into the figs or the River Jordan or the, or the brass serpent or whatever the thing is, see, then your faith is misplaced because your faith is, is a supernatural thing. It's not a natural thing, Right. So we have no faith in natural things. We may have confidence in those things, you know, according to history or science or whatever, that these things work, and that's fine. But faith should be limited to only the, the Word of God and to His Word, right, and to His Spirit. Uh, and then you'll be okay. If you keep that balance, you know, you'll be okay. Because you remember, you know, I think we mentioned that the nation of Israel, how many feeble was among them when they left Israel? None. Zero. Now you think about that. A million, two million people, not one of them feeble. I mean, you get 10 people together in any place in the world today, and somebody's going to be feeble, right? Uh, but you got a million people? I mean, that's like the whole, uh, I mean, what, uh, uh, Nashville's probably got a million people, right? All, everybody in Nashville, not a single sick person, right? Not a single hospital, doctor, nurse in all of Nashville. That would be unheard of, right? Uh, and so, uh, so that's where our faith can reside, right? So, uh, so just be careful, right, in all of these things. Uh, always make sure that your faith is where? in the Lord, right? Uh, if you do other things, you know, I got no problem with any of those things. But again, um, what, I've, what I've observed is that people's faith will become in that thing, right? Just like people's faith got into the brass serpent uh, and they started worshiping the brass serpent. And I've seen people where they'll, you know, Facebook doctors, they'll get in and say, this cures everything. You know, and it's like, uh, I mean, you know, some of these things you read, it's like it cures, you know, they have a whole list of things like brain disease and, you know, cancers, cures all kinds of cancers, right? And uh, if that was really true, there would be no cancers in the world, right? I mean, surely if that was true that, uh, you know, somebody would patent it or something, you know, and, 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 um, uh, and so, you know, I mean, I'm not even interested in getting in that, into, that, into that whole discussion, except that uh, be careful about where your faith resides, right? Uh, so our faith should be limited to the Word of God, the power of God. Everything else is secondary, right? Uh, because if people's faith got into the spit of Jesus, somebody had been trailing them all the time with a Q-tip, right? If he drooled a little bit, they'd grab that and be, it'd be on eBay tomorrow, right? This Q-tip was licked by Jesus, you know, uh, and, um, you know, uh, uh, on sale today, right? Uh, and so, uh, because, you know, I think, I think Moses is really the kind, a really great um, level of all those things. He never mentioned a single, he acted like there was no 
that, that Egypt had no knowledge of anything, even though they probably did. They had probably had a lot of knowledge of things. But as far as he was concerned, his faith was only in the Lord. And I think he's a pretty good example. How long did he live? 120 years, right? What's the Bible say? The very last thing about him? That his eyes were not what? Dim. And his natural force was what? Not abated, right? And uh, was he taking uh, eight ounces, eight glasses of eight ounces of water a day and walking 10,000 steps, making sure? And uh, I mean, he fasted for 40 days. That's the wrong answer. Uh, you know, many times he fasted for 40 days. You're supposed to eat this and drink that and sleep this, and walk this many steps and have this many hours of sleep. Not Moses, you know, uh, and, and I, you know, I like that example. Amen. Uh, and so just be careful. Amen. About all these things. And so uh, we'll see if, if uh, maybe the Facebook doctors won't stone us today. Right. And so uh, we'll we'll come back up and, and um, uh, I think we've got some questions, but we'll take those up next week there. So let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we thank you for the word of God. And Father, we thank you for faith in your word. And Father, we thank you that our faith can reside in what you've said and what you've done and the power that you've given to us. And, Father, by that faith alone, we can live a strong and healthy, vibrant, uh, sick-free, disease-free life all the days of our lives. And so, Father, we thank you for that. And, Father, we thank you that it's neither uh, extreme, uh, it's not cultish, Father, it's not fanatical, it's just as normal as you are real, Father. And so, Father, if you are real, and you are, then the power of God can cause our bodies to be well. The Spirit of God can cause us to live free from sickness and disease. And so, Father, we thank you for that. And we give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? You know, I think he's good uh, to us. Amen. And um, uh, if if he really is good, then he desires your bodies to be well, right? Uh, and, And we thank God for that. Amen. And so let's get ready to receive this afternoon's offering. And um, I don't think we have any announcements for today and all of those things there. So, uh, yeah, Ladies Fellowship is Saturday. Um, and then, of course, it's it's the uh, middle of October. So about a month from now, um, we've got uh, uh, Larry and Angela Keaton coming as special ministers. But they're only going to be here on a Wednesday night. So they're kind of doing a circuit in this area. And uh, so they're going to be here on Wednesday night, which is unusual for us to have a guest speaker on Wednesday night. We should try to... Uh, reserve those for Sunday morning because most people come on Sunday morning and so uh, that way uh, more people can hear the guest ministers but they'll be here on a Wednesday night we'll get the dates for you here before too long for that so come ahead Mr. Jared and receive the offering and then also if you go to the church's Facebook page uh, there's a link to the interview that we did uh, that I did with uh, his name is Dr. Green he, he uh, uh, is with the Charisma Podcast Network and so uh, it's about a 25-minute interview about uh, our book there. And so if you get a chance, uh, listen to that. And um, uh, because it's interesting, it's just, you know, just interesting. Uh, he interviews people, all, you know, all, all the time. That's kind of his thing, right? And so, um, uh, and um, yeah, so that should be out there. And if you need a link to it, we can send that to you. I think we'll, um, I haven't posted it on my account yet, but it's on our, on our church's Facebook account, right? So. All right, we'll be blessed. Have a wonderful weekend, Lord, and we'll see you next Sunday.